This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We live in a culture of instant gratification. Fast food, instant credit, immediate response. We expect results almost at the speed of sound. It seems natural to expect the same of God when we seek solutions to problems of life. Stay with us as we decipher an often misunderstood passage of the Bible in regard to asking, seeking, and knocking for the desires of our hearts. We live in a soundbite culture, and people sometimes will quote things out of context for their own purposes, and the original meaning gets lost or twisted. This happens sometimes in our use of the Bible. Sometimes folks will pull a Bible verse out of its context and make it say something that it was never meant to say, and that can be spiritually dangerous for us. So, we're doing a short series of messages entitled, Twisted which looks at some Bible verses that can get twisted. I think you'll find it helpful and interesting, and I do hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, we praise and worship you this day for who you are. You are patient, loving, kind, wise, just, holy, all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. You are the source of life, and we need you each and every day of our lives. So come into our hearts this day and fill us with your holy word. Amen. Dear friends, I grew up loving Sunday school. One of my favorite parts of going to Sunday school was we'd have a little sing-along each week, and I like to sing. There was a song that they taught us early on. It goes like this. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Ask and it shall be given. And the love comes a-tumbling down. I just loved that tune. I loved the words. And that's a Bible verse that many of us have memorized. And it's a favorite. This verse, though, has been taken by the name it and claim it prosperity preachers of our day, oftentimes, and misused. God will give you whatever you ask. He wants you to just name it and claim it. He wants to see you have prosperity. You want that Cadillac? Just claim it in the name of God. That seems to be the message they'll give. Use this verse for it. You ask many theologians what the number one most misused verse in the Bible is, and you'll likely hear, oh, that's easy, Luke 11, verse 9, ask and it'll be given. This verse has little to do with guaranteeing our personal fulfillment, but its original intention holds a great word of encouragement from God to believers like you and me. As with any Bible verse, it can be lifted out of a specific context and made to fit a particular theological slant that we want to give it, but there's such a drawback in doing that. It's dangerous. 
someone might respond, well, does it really matter? After all, it's still God's word. Remember Isaiah 55, shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that for which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God promises that his word will not return empty. I believe that. That is, it will succeed in the matter for which he sent it. If you use God's words in a way other than what God intended them for, it does you no good. Your efforts will return void. You'll be disappointed. So, instead of lifting them out of their original setting to use them as some sort of a proof text for yourself, it's important to examine the context around the verse, to follow the flow, and you'll be much less likely to miss the powerful thing that God is speaking personally to you in his word. So we need to ask about ask and seek and knock. What's the story behind this verse, the context in which we find it? Is God going to give me a Cadillac if I ask? Let's see what's really being promised here. First, you find this verse in the middle of Luke's gospel story about the life of Jesus. He's the gospel writer who really emphasizes the importance of prayer in Jesus' life and in the life of the early church as we read his other story in the book of Acts. The disciples noticed that Jesus prayed a lot. One day they made a request of him, teach us to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples, Lord. And so Jesus proceeded to teach them what we call the Lord's Prayer, but we are better calling it the Disciples' Prayer. It was given to them, and Jesus would never pray for the forgiveness of sins because he's perfect. It was a humble prayer asking God to help us live the way he wants us to live, that we might live according to his kingdom, that his name might be hallowed in our lives, that we might be forgiven and protected and receive daily bread provided with things in order to do this kind of life with Jesus. He said, pray about these things. He also attached a parable in this teaching uh, to Uh, alert them about God's availability and attentiveness to prayer. He tells this parable about the friend at midnight, it's been called. He says, suppose, uh, which literally means, can you imagine going to a friend for bread at midnight and being told to go away? You see, they would have been shaking their heads when Jesus asked that. Because in the Middle Eastern culture, that was something that would never happen. Hospitality was really an important value. He said, can you imagine going to a friend at midnight and saying, a friend is visiting me, and I have no bread to give him, would you? And the guy would say, go away from me. I have the house locked up, and I don't want to wake the kids up, and so on. That would never happen. And then he says, but by this person's persistence, he will get up and do it. Now, that word persistence has to do with a sense of shame. He's saying, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's simply a friend, at least because of his persistence, his sense of shame, 
the guy that's in the house that's being asked. Because of his sense of shame, he will get up and give his friend whatever he needs. He is the neighbor. He is obligated, you see. This friend from out of town is a guest of the whole community. The next day, they would send him on his way, and they would say to him, You have honored our village by coming. This sleeping neighbor is responsible to show hospitality to this guest. He must leave the community feeling good about the community, this guest that comes. And if he doesn't, he will be shamed by the village, this neighbor. They'll look down their nose at him. So he's saying, listen, God is even more available and approachable as that neighbor. Anytime, anywhere, of course he's going to respond. Just like that neighbor will respond to the request. He will rise to the occasion. It's a parable then about God's availability, his attentiveness to our prayers. Now Jesus gives a promise, the verse that's quoted. So I say, ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. This verse is actually written in the present imperative, saying do this, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. This is an encouragement to be a person of prayer, to not give up on prayer, but make prayer a way of life. Ask, seek, and knock are not really three different things. It's just three different ways of talking about prayer. And of course, you and I know that prayer is more than simply asking, that there's praise and prayer and thanksgiving and confession as well. But asking is central to prayer. It's an expression of our dependence on God, right? But by the way, Jesus even attaches more reassuring words to this whole teaching on prayer as he compares God to earthly parents. He says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is God himself, the best gift of all, a relationship with him. Amazing things will happen in us and to us with the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. That Spirit strengthens us and counsels us and changes us and empowers us to serve and helps us to pray even. And the list goes on and on as to what the Holy Spirit can do in an individual's life. God has nothing but your best interests in mind. So within this context now, as we look at that verse, ask and seek and knock, do you see that it's it's not saying that prayer is a blank check. Just name it and claim it and God will give it. Remember, he's just taught us what to pray for in that Lord's or disciples' prayer that his name be hallowed, that his kingdom come into our lives and in this world, that his will be done in our lives. Daily bread, forgive trespasses, protect us from the evil one. This is what he's taught us about prayer, the kind of prayer that God loves to hear from us. You see, God is not a genie waiting to do our bidding. I'm reminded of this story, the little boy going off to bed. He says to his family one evening, I'm going to pray. 
Before I go to sleep, anyone want anything? Wrong idea being worked there. I remember a story that uh, Pastor Tim Keller uh, shared one time in a talk. He said, I prayed for an entire year about a girl I was dating and wanted to marry, but she wanted out of the relationship. All that year I prayed, Lord, don't let her break up with me. Of course, in hindsight, it was the wrong girl. I actually did what I could to help God with a prayer, because one summer near the end of the relationship, I even got in a location that made it easier to see her. And I was saying, Lord, I'm making this as easy as possible. I asked you for this, and I have even taken the geographical distance away. <laughs> but as I look back, God was saying, Son, when a child of mine makes a request, I always give that person what he or she would have asked for if they knew everything I know. You see, this whole section is an encouragement to trust God, to be a person of prayer, to lean on God's faithfulness. Jesus says, here's how to pray. Keep it simple. He gives a picture of an attentive, answering, loving God who gets up in the middle of the night and rises to the occasion. He talks about a father who knows how to give so much more and he's saying, so keep on being an asking, seeking, knocking child of God, believing in his faithfulness. One of my favorite stories about prayer is about an elderly missionary who was discussing prayer at a women's conference. To the small circle of women gathered around her, she explained that when she first went into the mission field more than 50 years ago, she was extremely lonely. She saw that other missionaries were married and had families and she felt badly about feeling alone. In her loneliness, she begged God to pick out a husband for her. She told the women how she prayed and prayed and was sure that God would answer her prayer. One of the women in the group exclaimed, but you've never been married. You're still single. The elderly missionary said, you're right, but somewhere out there is a 74-year-old man who's been resisting God's will for more than 50 years. Jesus is giving us relationship language in this teaching on prayer. Keep turning to God with everything, trusting in your heavenly Father, his wisdom, his goodness. Pray confidently, boldly that your Father loves you and will give you his good gifts and, and himself the best gift of all through his Holy Spirit. You can approach him like a child who has a loving parent, knowing that he hears you. We don't give our kids everything they ask for, but our children know they can come and ask, that we won't ignore them. You can talk to God about anything, bring him anything in your heart. Prayer is not a time to hide what's going on inside of us, but to share it openly and honestly, warts and all, with our Heavenly Father, whom we know loves and understands us. We can trust him. That's what this ask and seek and knock is all about. It's an encouragement. Keep on being a person of prayer. So what keeps us from praying? For some, it's a feeling of inadequacy and how to pray. Not sure how to do this. Others are, have a self-reliant and prideful attitude. I don't need help. I can handle life on my own. Or other people, their theology gets in the way. They say, well, God's too busy with the big things of the world to really have time to listen to me. And then there's the mystery of prayer, isn't there? Perhaps a faith crisis. 
Why didn't God save me from my abusive parent when I asked for help from God? Or why didn't God heal me or that loved one I prayed so hard for? Did I not have enough faith? Or was I in the wrong? When I hear questions like that, my response is no. God was there and he loved you. He loved you then as he loves you now. But I don't have a clue why you weren't rescued right away or why that person died. Sometimes we just have to live with the mystery. I don't know. But what I do know is that Jesus, the Son of God, paints this lovely picture of our Heavenly Father who wants to have an ongoing relationship with us, and he desires us to keep dependently asking and seeking and knocking, believing that you have his attention, and he loves you and knows what's good for you. So you keep on praying and communing with God even when you're mystified and trusting Perhaps, just perhaps, it's better for us to move beyond the mechanics of prayer, which we sometimes get so wrapped up in. How do I get good at this? How do I master this so I know I'll get answered? That's not a good question. Maybe it's better to focus on who am I talking to? My father. My father. You see, you have a Father in heaven who loves you. And if you wonder if he really does, just pause and look at the cross if you don't believe me. How much love does he have to show to get you to believe that? And this God, your Father, has nothing but your best interests at heart. He has gone out of his way to make you his own. And he is wise. And he knows the big picture. Trust in that and keep on praying. I want to finish this message today with a prayer written by Gerhard Frost, a Lutheran pastor. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for always answering my prayer, but not indulging my every petty give me. Thank you for winnowing and refining, vetoing and delaying, refusing and revising. Thank you for being God and never less, for freeing me for wide horizons, for protecting me from my limited vision and my wayward will. Thank you for foiling my every effort to unseat you and make myself king. Thank you for keeping it safe for me to pray. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. May today's message help you trust God and continue communing with Him even when we don't understand His will or His timing. 
Christian Crusaders is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts from our friends of the ministry. If your heart is touched by the message of this ministry and you would like to see it continue, we invite you to help support our mission with your prayers and gifts. Contact us anytime toll free at 888-MY-FAITH. That's 888-693-2484. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. All gifts are considered tax-deductible. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear it again, be sure to check out our website, christiancrusaders.org. Both audio and printed versions of today's program are available, as well as messages from past broadcasts. Visit us online today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the service was our speaker, Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders is now celebrating 83 years of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.